0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Food and travel. They go hand in hand. And chances are, if you're a fan of Heritage Radio Network, you love them both. Between April 10th and 24th, we have six incredible food and travel experiences up for auction at charitybuzz.com. Go on an underground food tour of New Orleans with a rocket scientist, get your hands on VIP passes to feast Portland, or enjoy a ranch-to-table experience in wine country. Four of the experiences include hotel stays at some of the most iconic properties across the country, including the newly reopened, Hotel Claremont in Atlanta. Now's your chance to win the ultimate bourbon and beyond weekend in Lexington or take in a Latin food tour of New York's outer boroughs. You'll eat, drink, explore and relax all while supporting Heritage Radio Network. Help us keep the lights on and the mics hot. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash auction and bid now.
2: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio. Um, you know, this is a very cool show. Uh, we are at Haven's Kitchen, which is a great uh, restaurant and event space in Manhattan, and the launch of the much-anticipated The Beer Pantry uh, by Adam Dulia with Michael Harlan turkel who's also a Heritage Radio Network host. I'm really honored to be here. I know that tonight there's going to be a, a Brewers Association press dinner, and we've got uh, three of the chefs with us. We're going to talk about uh, Adam's beer pantry book, as well as what these guys are doing with uh, food and beer around the country. So Adam, give us a little intro. You know, We know you as the chef behind Savor, the great food and beer pairing events. Tell us about how you got involved with uh, cooking with, with beer, doing beer pairing events, and uh, your role with the Brewers Association.
3: Yeah.
4: Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody get your voices on. Just jump in. uh, Say your names. Cheers. Cheers. Gavin fine. Loose boots. Cheers. (laughs) What am I saying (laughs) over (laughs) here? (laughs) Steven Redzikowski. Uh, Where are you from? Uh, Boulder,
3: Colorado. All
2: right. So we got three three chefs in the room with me. So Adam, Jackson Hole, Colorado.
3: So, yeah, I mean, for for me, uh, it started probably, like, I used to say 10 years ago, but that's, I've been saying 10 years ago for years, so we're gonna go for more than 10. uh, Working up in Vail, Colorado, and uh, honestly, it's kind of funny. We're drinking this uh, uh, an Opry IPA now from from Roadhouse, but really what it started as is. It's
2: good, man. Loose boots. I like it.
3: We used to do all these events uh, because you'd have, you know, you have to figure out how to get a thousand people into, you know, moving through your patio for Opry ski because everybody wants you know to do something we done skiing and we're doing all these big red wine bordeaux and and burgundy events all the time because people would be coming up there and eventually one day we got one of those lucky colorado days in the winter where it actually felt like it was like 75 or 80 degrees with all the snow out there just because of how the sun was hitting and we're outside cooking we're 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 getting all this stuff going and there's probably i don't know 15 16 wines going around and finally we find one beer and you know as as it goes with when you have food and then you meet somebody who has beverage you do a little trade uh so that you can uh, you know key uh key each person keeps the other one going and that's honestly really what started it and then from there i met uh some of the folks at the brewers association uh and they started to want to do some things uh and i had two restaurants out in san francisco at that time so we started to do a couple things here uh and then we added more we added another thing we added another component and then it just kind of kept snowballing until probably about two years ago we were sitting down and they were like yeah so this is kind of like a department now i was like all right it's pretty awesome that uh that you know food is now a department at the uh, at the brewers association and
2: how many people work for the department
3: um I'd be, uh, I'd be one plus uh, several <laughs> several people are part-time contracted, such as what we're doing here.
2: This, this is a great show because, uh, you know, there's so much going on with craft beer in America. But, you know, I, I don't think that food was ever like a stepchild to it. But I want to hear more about what you guys are doing because, to me, food's number one. When, when I've owned my bars, I always want to have food, you know, with all my drinks and and. and there's a lot of things going on that you guys are doing, so let's just go around. So, so Steve, tell us a little bit what what you're doing at your place. You know what you're going to be cooking tonight at the dinner, and then we'll go to
5: Gavin too. Sure. So um, we have Oak It 14th, which is in Boulder. We call that the baby, the mothership. Um, it's been around for about seven years now, on and off. We had a little. We have a little history to that restaurant. Um, big fire, uh, but we were, we came back. Uh, insurance came through, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I always check for business interruption, always say yes. Um, and then from there, we opened up Acorn Restaurant and Brighter, which are both in Denver. And uh, the main kind of thing with those restaurants, um, the, the first two were, were really wood-fired cooking. We we really emphasize a lot of wood-fired cooking. We have a wood-fired grill and oven there, and uh, it's just really fun to, to play around with. And then Brighter, which opened about two years ago, is um, more emphasis on rotisserie cooking. Um, and, yeah, it's just fun to, to be able to do food like that and, and do what you want to do kind of in, in an area that's not such a New York-type area. It's a little more relaxing. You can kind of have fun, and, uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of And for the America.
2: Brewers Association, the press dinner tonight, uh, what are you
5: serving? So tonight um, Adam kind of told me that we'd want to do something for the first course that that's kind of – Crispy has kind of maybe a fish component to it, a little bit kind of lighter. So we're doing um, a take kind of on an arancini. So it's it's a royal red shrimp that's been uh, kind of diced up, folded into risotto with a lot of fennel, chili, lemon, um, tarragon, and then we're going to fry those and then serve it with uh, kind of like a crudo tartare on top of hamachi.
2: Wow, that sounds really good. So, you know, bringing it back to, to your book, Adam, The Beer Pantry, you know, you've broken it down to these different sections like fruity and spicy, sour, tart, and funky, malty and sweet. I mean, are you sticking to those kind of as you as you guide the chefs for these dinners, or this is more like areas where you feel that you know this is way to cook?
3: Um, a little bit. You know, with with working with these guys, it's a little bit different because uh, it's more about sending them sending them notes and you know, kind of knowing, learning their cooking styles and knowing where they can kind of go with things and saying, okay you know we've got this popping here and now we've got a whole menu flowing so i'd say like you know what we're doing with some of the stuff in in the book and and with these cards is on a on a very entry level especially for people who are more com- more used to drinking wine or spirits and you know in the beer world we alienate people with words like ipa where people don't know people who don't drink beer don't know what the, they don't know what that means and so we're trying to bring them into understanding you know with words they do so okay you don't know IPA, but you do know bitter. You don't know what uh, necessarily a stout means, but do you like something that's dark and roasty? Do you like chocolate? Do you like coffee? And then people get more comfortable with it. With these guys and and kind of how we do the menus for this is, you know, sometimes we'll be able to get the beers ahead of time and taste them. Sometimes we're working quick, and that was a, kind of a case here uh, where... <clears throat> We didn't get the beers to the chefs, but you know uh, we were able to get good notes from the brewers, and you can kind of break it down of like okay, uh, you know, uh, like Steve's going with uh, the Ninkasi's new Pacific Rain Pale Ale. He's got some good citrus hops in there, so I'm gonna pull some of that through. Oh, that sounds u- good. Yeah. By using the orange in there, he's got the crispy texture with the fried risotto in there. That's gonna really pull the malt out of the beer. Uh, and then, you know, he's also, he's also first course. So he's like, he's waking everybody's palates up and getting everybody excited to, to eat more.
2: It's funny, Steve, that you mentioned texture because texture seems really important, especially in these kind of tasting dinners when you've got like multiple courses and you're trying to have it stand out.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You kind of want to hit all those elements, salty, sour, sweet, savory, uh, and then texture too is a big part, um. Yeah, And
2: then, Gavin, just you know, give us a little bit about you. Yeah. I know you've been reaching out to us. Thank God we get to finally hang out with you because oh, you're a cool guy from out west. Oh, thanks. Well, that's not true. Talk to these guys <laughs>
4: next to me. <laughs> Is it, And then just say cool. you're funny. It's yeah. Gavin Fine. You're from... Gavin Fine, yeah. J.H. Fine Dining. Yeah. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So, you know, Adam's been nice enough to find us in Wyoming. You know, we're not that far from Boulder, but, you know, we, we uh, you know, We got some restaurants and and now also a brewery as well that we just launched, which we're drinking as well right now. So, some Loose Boots IPA, which is you know, which is a fun loose little loose
2: boots. I call it loose bottoms, but loose boots and loose <laughs> bottoms.
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly, beer and uh, is a big part of our culture with skiing, uh, as Adam was referring to. And so this this beer came about from, you know, all you want to do is, is is after a long day of skiing, you want to loosen up your boots, whether it's your ski boots or your snowboard boots, and kick back and have a beer, and whether it's sunny or snowing, um, and you got to be able to crush it. So you know, this is only five percent right here. So, you know, some Simcoe and Citra. So it's meant to kind of sit on the deck like uh, like Adam was talking about there. Yeah, this Bam. is like,
2: it's about yeah. 1130 on a Thursday, and this is a good start of beer. Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
4: We just had coffee and now beer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and tell like, us what you're cooking yeah. tonight. So uh, I fired up about the beer. I didn't have the beer. Uh, so I got an awesome, awesome. Sorry. Oh, we can try it? Sweet. Uh, because I got to change something up tonight if it's, like, not on. So society. Adam's getting up here at Haven's Kitchen. He's He's got all the beers on ice up front. Yeah, he could have sent it to us, but you know, (laughs) he's out. Um, I'm making a uh, goose confit. So he asked when we all just picked a course. He just sent an email and basically said, "Hey, who wants what course?" And um, Steve's waking us up, and Adam's going to be the finisher here. He's the sweet man at the end. So I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take." He wanted us to do some sort of game or foul. So at first I was going to do a little duck confit. This this beer, which, uh, you know, was calling, it's got some, it's Asian Grenache barrels, I think is what um, what The Thief here. Which beer is this?
3: It's, this is Society from San Diego. Uh, this is one of their feral series called The Thief. It's exciting. So uh, so uh, <clears throat> so With uh, Grenache Blanc grapes.
4: He's in the beer business now, not the wine business anymore. All right, man. Ah, uh, sweet. And then you guys are, you, you know, what's cool
2: about this dinner, the way... I'm always interested, and in, a lot of listeners are, in how you, know, you put together a beer or a wine-pairing oh. dinner. You know, Steve first said, um, you know, he gives, he's he got crispy, which is texture, and you're doing goose confit, which I guess is is fat. So, you know, how do you compose a, a beer dinner? And I think that's something we can get. I would say right now, if you're going to go out and buy the beer pantry, you want to open a, a restaurant, you could probably take... Some of those recipes and create a great menu. You could probably uh, put together a really great beer pairing dinner just from this book alone. It's probably the only book that you need,
4: man. But um, so, what's your philosophy? Because
2: talking into the uh,
4: mic. Sorry. Yeah, you know, Adam. You know, thanks for writing an awesome beer and food book. You know, honestly. Uh, you know, no offense to the brewers We were talking last night, Adam's like, yeah, you can't always take the notes on what they say to cook with the beer all the time. So, you know, now we, we got Adam, so, you know, I, which, is, which is our guide. He's our guiding light here in the sort of beer and food world. And, and he's, everybody's guiding light at this point, which is awesome. You know, we bow to the golden god. And then, Steve, I'm just, just going to bounce around trying to get everybody's voice. Steve's looking at the book.
2: It's a beautiful book, The Beer Pantry. What are some recipes that jump out at you? Uh,
5: I, actually, as soon as I was looking in there, I saw the arancini in there, and I was like, oh, man. Uh, Adam's like, you just stole it right out of my book. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think the thing that's nice. So, Adam, uh, you're not crediting that you stole the recipes from all these guys? I think I stole it from him. The book was out <laughs> before the event. <laughs> um, but the nice thing is, depending on like we did a dinner. I think it was about a month ago, and, and it's nice because um, Adam had said, "Hey, you guys come up with a dish, and then I'll pair the beer with it." This one, he gave us the beer, and then we paired the dish with it. So it's nice to kind of go back and forth. And we did, I think we we did the it was a passion fruit and um, kind of, kind of like a passion fruit dessert and uh, with with pineapple, and he paired it with um, what was that that pineapple beer? Was you that?
3: that was that was the. Uh... <clears throat> Um, pineapple mono wheat from Maui out in Hawaii,
5: and that when we ate that together, because w- the the brewer came up and he said, "Wow, that worked out really nice." And and you know we were just like, "Yeah, I'm sure it did." And then when he when we actually tasted it, it, it was pretty spot on. It was, and I'd never really had a beer pairing like that with a dessert, so that kind of blew my mind a little bit. So,
2: yeah. and more about how you construct these menus. I mean, he he has Steve has crispy, yeah. and uh, Gavin has a uh, confit, which is fat. You guys can both talk about that, you know, pairing with goose confit,
4: that type of fatty dish. Well, we, I made like an apple butter tonight as well to kind of thinking about that uh, and then going to add some pomegranates because pomegranates and ganache. I mean, I used to do wine dinners. That was like before I got into the beer world. I think world. that was
0: all of our bread. Yeah, butter so, before beer kind so of So wine came dinners around.
4: was uh, was the world. And so you're just looking for a quick notes that are coming out. You know, obviously, if you have the food first or the beer or wine first, you're looking for a couple notes that are coming, and then you're always looking for balance in life, which none of us really have. It's sort of an existential thing, but you know, you're always looking for balance in life, and now you're looking for balance in food and drink, and uh, and what's counteracting. We're actually putting a little fat with this tonight, when um, I think it's good because um, you know now I, I'm I'm excited actually. Adam Adam made the right call, so he was on.
3: Yeah, and you know, doing a dinner like this, you know, really what's fun about this one is. You know, we've got four chefs from all different parts of the country, we've got four brewers from all different parts of the country, Uh, and it's just kind of fun to bring everybody together and and, and do this, you know, and get the brewers in the room, get the chefs in the room. You know, certainly there's different levels uh, of of dinners that happen, whether they're wine spirits, beer, you know, whatever, where it could be just somebody designing one in their home or at a restaurant, or, you know, you go out and you want to do one and you have the sommelier at the restaurant kind of kick one around for you, but you know for this and when we kind of get playing around here uh it, it's really you know um like kind of what steve said like it's like it goes one of two ways and but the freedom has to be there it's like okay here's the beer you're working with boom go uh, here's the here's the dish you're working with go find a beer but you can't really restrict it within that you still have to let somebody have their their freedom of creativity in there you can't say oh, it needs to be cooked exactly like this or cooked like that. And you don't want to limit somebody either. You know, a lot of times when we do tastings, whether it's beer, wine, or anything like that, uh, you know, people get locked in. So, like, if we were all sitting here tasting this, and I said, oh, I'm tasting the thief right now, and uh, I'm really getting a lot of, like, lemon zest, but you weren't getting it, but you started thinking it, then you're going to convince yourself that it's there. And so it's hard to, you know tell somebody words like that and then them not do a dish with it whereas like what i said to steve and same thing i said to gavin and then who's missing and somewhere on the road between washington dc and new york right now with uh, a bunch of rotolo uh, in his car is mike friedman from the red hen in dc and his, he might be hitchhiking, hitchhiking. yeah yeah but
2: uh, one, one thing just to jump in, you know, get, talking about beer dinners, I've been to a lot of bad ones, and I feel like sometimes whether it's at a beer bar or even a brewery, they think they're serving something. That's why I love your book. I really think that everyone, if you're running a beer bar or a brewery and you're trying to do beer dinners, look at look at this book, and if you don't know what to do, just make those recipes because... Too often, beer bars and, and breweries just don't make good food, and people for a long time thought, "I'll do put do pulled pork." The last thing I want at a place that isn't known for pulled pork is a damn pulled pork when I'm getting. <laughs> so I think it's not even just the it's not even just knowing what to pair, because I think a lot of people don't even have a sense of how to pair. It's also that usually the food's not good, and I feel like if the food's good, then it's easy to pair. So like, let's tell let's let's go through your guys' experiences. Each one of you tell us if it's a, a really great you know. Beer and food pairing experience you've cooked at or been to that other people can say, "Wow, I, I should have been there," or "That's what I should aspire to." Um, you know, I've been to, to Savor in, in uh, when it was in New York a few years ago, and that was really great. I mean, the work you did bringing together so many different you know foods and brewers was crazy. But still, I mean, like you know, for me, my example is oh, Garrett Oliver Brewmaster's Table many years ago. He said, um, "Classic pairing: barley wine and, and Stilton cheese." And I say that all the time because it actually works. When those two come together, it, it, it tastes better in your in your mouth. So if you guys each, each think of a, either a food and beer pairing or, or a dinner that you guys have worked at that, that we can teach other people about, Gavin's ready. He's always ready. I love this guy.
4: Well, I don't know. Woke up with skiing like, today. Made it into two, New York. No, I didn't. Make, I didn't, I didn't it was last <laughs> night. I got in. There. Um, yeah, actually, a couple of nights ago, um, I had a sausage it's not it's not a fancy story but it's a good story so i had some sausage in my uh in my fridge i got home late and i needed a snack uh and i had some i put a sausage in i was going to eat some sauerkraut and sausage to keep my slender figure and not a lot of carbs and so uh threw a sausage in it was a jalapeno cheddar sausage and i had some good dijon mustard and sauerkraut out and i was just gonna chow that and have a beer and go to sleep and put the sausage in, sliced it up, had a bite, had some IPA. It was like a it was a sit I won't mention what IPA what it was, but it was, you can it was if you good. Want. No, it was good. It was it was ours. But it was uh, you know <laughs> he doesn't. But, uh, Shameless Wilson. Promotion. Yeah, no, no. No, but I'm saying is is I sliced up the I sliced up the sausage. I had it, I had a sip of the I had a sip, and I actually think like Adam was saying, if you tell people IPA and you know, they say like you know, Thai food or spicy food and IPA. I think that's bullshit. Oh, excuse me. I think it's not right. Um, and uh, and like just because you said it There's no censors. Um, sorry. There's no censors. No sorry. I'm <laughs> in trouble. Um, and I just think that, you know, having you know then all of a sudden there was some cheese in there and I was like actually the fattiness from the cheese mellowed out the bitterness from the from the hops and, and I was just like had a moment and I added a little mustard and sauerkraut changed the flavor. And just a couple nights ago in my kitchen, I was like, all right, that little cheese in the sausage, but it was spicy. My feeling was like a little bit of fat content with some IPA and some spice is actually better now. So that was my aha moment about 36, 48 hours ago. What about you, Steve? Um,
5: For me, um, this was years ago because everybody growing up was just like wine, 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 wine. And then I started, when I got to Colorado, I started kind of learning a little bit about beers and um we did this show called beer geeks um one time it was with Adam Avery from Avery Brewing and um we did a short rib dish and he brought i believe it was a brown it was a brown ale and a, and a porter with him and we kind of drank those with the with the short ribs um off the grill they were kind of like korean style like just really thinly sliced and we did them off the wood fired grill and to me i was like wow this is nuts cuz it had always been you know my background was you know you drink wine 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 with everything and this kind of changed that that whole thing up for me um but like i was saying before the, the pairing though that that still kind of knocks my socks off was the one we just did last month where he picked that pineapple uh beer to go with the with the dessert and i just never thought you could get a dessert really to match with a with the wine. Cause it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a Sherbert with it. And then, you know, there was uh, white chocolate in there and a, and a bunch of different flavors that, you know, I was like, I don't know how we're, you know, he, well, he had the hard part. I said he had to do the pairing and he hit it spot on. And that, that to me has been the, the, the best pairing I think I've had ever, you know, wine, beer, anything that, that was pretty much on the money. Uh, I was pretty shocked with
2: that. That sounds great. You want to tell us uh, how you got to that one or uh, yeah it's I mean, also just experimenting sure. too, right you've tasted different beers you've mixed in well, i think e- even in going
3: that, these guys are both super humble in in what they do so and, and I, maybe that's why i got sat on the side of the table so they can't reach and punch me but uh <laughs> you know i i think one of the things that that's also worth mentioning about these guys as as well as mike who's coming up down in dc who we can talk about you know ad nauseum because he's not here to defend himself that would be fun but uh all of these guys have solid programs on all, on all four fronts, from food to wine to spirits to beer. And when you when you go into their establishments, the the staff there uh, don't talk to you necessarily about something specific. They more get the phrases you like. And I think you can go into any of these guys' restaurants and, and sit down, and somebody could come up to you and say, "Oh, what are you feeling like today?" And you're like, "Oh, you know, I'm not sure, but okay, let's say it's nice out." Not like the, the kind of brisk day we're having here and you say oh I, I, you know somebody could say oh well any of the staff at any of these guys at the restaurant will be like oh well do you feel so, like something that's uh you know crisp um you know refreshing a little bit of minerality slight bit of effervescence and you're like Ooh, you get excited the the catch there is and what's amazing about it is you don't know if they're talking about a beer a wine or a cocktail and now they have you in your hand, and then they create all these awesome experiences. And that's kind of the cool thing to see of, of eating at any of these restaurants where people are brought in and they, they put their trust into the restaurant operator and the, and the staff that's there at the restaurant to take them on this experience and to try things that, to be honest, they most on a normal time, they wouldn't try.
2: I mean, do, do you feel now that people want something like a beer pairing dinner more than ever? Because I feel like everybody wants an experience. I mean, talking about experiences, they don't want to go in and say, should I try this or that? I mean, I feel like there's a rise in, you know, s- set menus and things like that. I mean, what do you think about if that? It's,
4: if it's, like, fun and not stuffy, I mean, I think that's what's cool about the beer industry as opposed like, we all obviously started in the wine and beer and wine and food pairing dinners. And, like, honestly, that's what I love about the beer world now and eating and drinking because – you know those events are meant to be just a gathering around the table, not dissecting every little thing, not telling you it's like lemon or pine or et cetera, and it has to be this. And like you're you're just there for the experience, and you could be hanging out at a ball game and drinking a beer and eating a hot dog, you know, or you could be in a really fancy place and you know having a prepared dish that's like really to the T. But it, but there's something about sitting around a table at a beer dinner that just seems convivial and like just like really really. You know, and that's what it's meant to be, you know, like we're meant to sit around and eat and drink together, whatever it is. And, um, so I think that's what I love about beer dinners. So I love the fact when they're cool, if they're so dissected, I hope tonight we have a good time and not everybody's just like kind of, you know, heck yeah. Yeah. I think, I think in Colorado,
5: when we do beer dinners, we definitely have a, a good amount of success with them because we, you know, in Colorado, you, you definitely have the brewers that are right there. Um, I mean, we, Colorado grows some grapes, but they're really not known for that. They're really known for their beer. So when we do beer dinners, they can actually sit there and actually see the brewer. And then if they like what they have, they can actually go to the brewery and visit. Um, and we have a number of breweries in Colorado that, yeah, really thrive off of that, that kind of atmosphere.
2: So let's go back to, to the book. Um, you know, the recipes look really great. Uh, they do, To me, I said I what I like about this, it's a cookbook first, and I and I feel like I would... Give it to a friend as a cookbook. Uh, the photos are beautiful. Um, I almost don't even think of it as a beer book. Um, I want the chefs to, to pick out a dish that really jumps out at them and just tell us how you, know, how, you how you put this together. I want it, it's your book. It's your that chance. Was, you carrot cake. Is with carrot cake?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, say it again. What'd you pick? carrot cake? We, you know, yeah, we give mean, a hard one.
3: <laughs> yeah, what are we pairing with that? You know the the thing here is, um, yeah. Uh, is I mean this this goes IPA here, but. Yeah um the 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 book was written at, just as you as you said it was written as a recipe book first and then the beer came second because that's what i felt was missing in the world was was something where even if you don't like beer there's still good recipes in here you can go and cook and then hey you know what you've got to get every every time you learn something new whether it's a a beer a wine or a cocktail you have to have something familiar So if carrot cakes you're familiar, make the carrot cake and then try something different as your beverage with it. And then you'll start to appreciate more things. Because if you put somebody, I think we can all agree as chefs and cooks, if you put somebody in a scenario where everything is new to them, everything on the plate, everything in the glass is new to them, they're not going to have an anchor to hold on to. And they're ultimately probably not going to like the experience because they don't know what they're supposed to think about it. And then, uh, Gavin, you pick a dish now. Uh, you
4: know, the Long Island boy just picked out some meatballs here,
3: I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: I was
4: flipping like through, and I was like, oh, meatballs. meatballs. I can see the Long Island yeah. guy just picked out some meatballs here. And yeah. not,
5: with, not with red wine either. We're doing, <laughs> what are you doing that with? Pit, yeah, see, bitter? so it's a little different. Yeah. Huh. Because normally you would think just red wine with
3: meatballs, but, yeah, w- you know. W-
2: what's the recipe with the meatballs, Adam?
3: Um, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to lean over and I, got, I, I gotta read it. I gotta, it right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Um, no, you know, with, with, <laughs> with that, you know, uh, it, it's actually going more towards a play on using some malt and hops to cut the tomato and also the fat and the meatballs. And it is a little bit of a richer meatball uh, recipe, uh, and it does also have a little bit of bitter in it with some broccoli, Rob uh, as, as kind of a side dish, uh, you know, optional vegetable garnish, I guess would call that.
2: That's great. I want to say they're, they're ribbing on Michael Harlan Terkel because I know him as he, for years he was a, a photographer for edible Brooklyn. He was a photographer for many cookbooks and now he's on as a, a co-author and he's right. He just wrote a great book uh, about acids and vinegars that won a big ICP award, but you guys are part of a, a great team. So the meatballs jumped out to Steve. Um, You know, I look at this book, too, and I'm just very, very proud of you that that you did this. So, you know, Brewers Association, Savor, you know, this dinner tonight means a lot. You guys have, like, Ken Grossman out here, and you've got the Julia Hertz, who to me is, like, the number one educator of of beer in America. Um, You know, what's the audience that's here? It's a very tight group. I feel lucky to be included. I think I had to sneak my way
3: into this dinner. There was no sneaking. There was no sneaking. Um... You know the uh, the the uh, you know the audience is coming into it is a, is a mix of media um, from from kind of the upper northeast side. And really, what the goal is is to get everybody in the room. Between you've got the brewers, uh, you've got the chefs, you've got the media, and it's just to have uh, throw it all on the table, honest conversation about what's happening in the world of people who are operating small and independent craft breweries, small and independent restaurants. You know and, and what they're what they're doing where they're blazing things i mean you you look at what's happened in the last 10 years not only has craft beer become more defined and the small and independent brewer become more defined but i personally believe in the last 10 years we've actually really become to define american cuisine as well and people around the world are starting to take notice of that
4: gavin you just got up to look in the kitchen do you have something cooking back there thought i maybe didn't take the forbidden rice to the sides so i was just double checking my maybe it was a couple of sips of beer i had while i was sitting here was but you like, guys you got to start push it to the side I you did. guys have so
2: you know hard days you started at what time you're here 11 10 o'clock and dinner's not till 7 adam o'clock tonight adam
4: was here at 6 30 you know no, a.m you know 6 a.m you know so steve and i just rolled in yeah, I woke, at, yeah so. I woke up at yeah, we're only using two mics, so
2: you know if you don't hear anything, it's not my fault. So usually we're in a fancy studio, but um, we came to the source today. Um, you know, and some of the breweries you guys have, it's pretty great. So I want to go through these beers again. So you know, Gavin, you're also part of what is the Roadhouse Brewery, so it's brewing and a
4: restaurant. Yeah, and it's, tell us again the full name of the brewery is Roadhouse. We're drinking loose. Roadhouse boots. Brewing Company, yeah. This is Loose Boots Opera Ski IPA and uh, yeah, Adam's kind enough to let us pour that during a little cocktail. And then Adam brought in hour, uh, society, so. the the thief.
3: Yeah, and then you know, in addition to that, you know, with Ken Ken Grossman being in the room tonight, we can kind of we, we kinda automatically have to have some Sierra Nevada Pale ale for people to sip on because there's something special about drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale ale right out of the bottle and then looking at looking at Ken. Um, and then uh, from uh, Ninkasi, Jamie Floyd brought his new Pale Ale Pacific Rain. And then from down out of the DC area, Julie Verati from Denizens Brewing Company brought uh, a triple up, and we're going to use that for the dessert tonight. Uh, it's third party triple from uh, Denizens in Silver Spring, Maryland. And so uh, just an uh, an awesome room uh, of, of brewers uh, from across the country that are going to be able to just share their stories and their comments and then you add that into the food you add that into the room where basically it's no holds barred no questions unasked whatever you want all on the record go and I think you know over the course of the couple of years that we've been doing these dinners they become that convivial fun environment because it really you you can say anything you want and ask anything you want and maybe somebody will answer and maybe they won't. So Gavin can really say whatever he wants. Shit.
4: Uh, no, he's Adam's <laughs> already warned us. By the way, he did send out an email and warn us. I did. There to, to keep our mouths be careful. There, was, and now I I messed up already at eleven thirty. Yeah. So he said to keep your. Uh, yeah, well, was, there,
3: there is that. There you know you have to say that. Like, you know I mean that's part of what makes this dinner the fun part is saying once six thirty starts. Every single thing said is fair game on the record. He's in trouble. <laughs>
2: Six thirty a.m. or p.m. <laughs>
5: well,
2: let's make a toast, guys. This is fun. Um, you know, I'm looking at your book. I to, you didn't pick a dish yet, Gavin. You got to pick a dish from this book because we're trying to promote it a little bit. Okay, yeah. It is a beautiful book. Um, the process of, of books is is very uh, mysterious, but I know that you got You have Josh Bernstein who's really been one of the new top beer writers. He's got the uh, little introduction. Yep. Uh, who puts together a book like this? I mean, you're working with Michael Is a star with an editor. Uh, was it the Brewers Association pushing it?
3: Uh, this was really Michael and I starting it. Um, m- when Michael and I met um, at, the, at the end of an evening of many drinks that concluded with many Fernets and probably things after that, we were like, yeah, we should do a book. And, you know, that's like that thing that happens so often in our industry. We can all relate to either saying we should open a restaurant or we should we should do a book or, hey, we should, you know, that uh, whole whatever comes after that sentence. And so we both left and we were kind of like, eh. And then uh, eventually he like we we were talking. He's like, no, no, let's start writing our proposal. So we wrote a proposal. It kind of went out there uh, on first round. It it, kind of died a little bit. And then uh, we, we breathed a little bit of new life into it and brought it to what it is now, where it was recipe forward first. And Dovetail Press here in New York and, and W&P Design uh, got super excited about it. You know, in addition to this book coming soon, we've also got uh, a, a fancy new bottle opener that's kind of a, a nice little toy to go along with the book, too.
2: Great. I, can't look, I look forward to getting one of those. Yeah. So this recipe here, grilled clams with spicy... Corn, Corn and garlic aioli. And then what's the pairing with that?
3: Uh, so that, you know, that pairing is going to uh, a pilsner and, you know, or uh, a kolsch or, uh, you know, something that's just going to have that huge carbonation, can play off the salinity of the clams. Um, you know, uh, that was definitely something I wanted to get in there because I think, you know, especially being, you know, uh, Clams are, I think, a great entry level into shellfish for a lot of people uh, who, um, you know, may have had an experience where they don't necessarily like mussels or, you know, it's kind of hard to do a recipe with oysters on the half shell and take credit for it because you open an oyster and you're kind of done. So, uh, you know, doing something with clams was kind of fun. The salinity that's in them and, you know, just uh, the fact that it's a a nice, clean pairing was was a lot of fun there. I
2: flipped in the book to pork shoulder pastrami and Steve started... At it. What,
5: what do you like about that, Steve? I mean, that sounds like a typical kind I of, mean, you know, beer dinner item. Pastrami. Who doesn't like pastrami? Well, I love pastrami. Yeah. The nice thing, too, is uh, I'm seeing the book for the first time, and it has a pairing strategy with it because, for me, I like to drink beer, but I don't, I'll admit, I don't know a ton about it, so it's nice to, to kind of know, you know, what, what the, the thought process was behind it because um, then, you know, I don't look like such a putz when I'm, you know, trying to pair something.
2: I'll tell you, you could, you could do a whole dinner, multiple series of dinners based on this.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think you can, and that's kind of the goal is for people to start seeing, you know, that's something that, you know, one, going back to what these guys do every day in their restaurants, uh, and also just bringing it out there of changing people's mind about what food they can have a beer with, you know, and the, that there is a, a wide variety out there and you can do it. And honestly, the uh, same thing as well. Gone is the day where, uh, staff at a well-run restaurant will look at you funny or challenge your order if you say you want to have a beer with something. I think that happened for a while, uh, and, and it's gone now. Now, again, it goes back to that experience and having people create an experience.
2: Wow, and a lot of this looks like East Coast stuff. There's a lot of seafood. This is a what's this dish, Gavin? You've got the book sure. in
4: front of you. White yeah, bass. a white sea bass with asparagus and preserved lemon. Um, you know, asparagus is like uh, you know in my wine days, asparagus is just like a no-no to pair with wine. Um, you know, you sort of stay away. So, um, you know, like I actually was just thinking what Steve said. I, I mean, I love the fact of that the way this is written. Your strategy, actually, he wrote the same thing here. Yeah, asparagus is is a notoriously difficult vegetable to pair drinks with, but beer works handily. Fruity and spicy beers play nicely with lemons. Recommended beers, he's kind of got some farmhouse ales and. Um, I just love it. Nice job. Um, and I also think that's exactly what is is going on. I mean, I, I have multiple restaurants of multiple different cuisines. And, you know, all of our programs are exactly what, uh, you know, it's, first of all, it's about the experience. Um, second of all, I think the reason is people are making really darn good beer now. And that's also what's changed. And that's the difference is what's like that's happened. It's kind of like the wine thing. Back in the 90s, essentially, when you know there was only a couple, and then everybody started to make really good wine, and so it was really easy not to spend a ton of money on on wine, have a good experience, and have like that. And I think that people are making really really fun beers, and they're realizing now that actually you can't make a beer to always just drink. That's there. That they got to figure out a way. That to have it pair with food. And I think that's that's just awesome for our culture here in, in, uh, right now, which has probably been, you know, it's going on in Europe and other places for a long time.
2: You know, at, at, and let's talk about your place. So, like, one, there must be, like, a, a signature dish or a dish that people say that I have to die for. Or is there a dish that, that is really extreme and it's only there because you like it? And you might have trouble pairing with it. I mean, there's got to be one dish that you can tell me about. No, you always from uh, your place. Can't.
4: Uh, there, there really isn't. I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I don't know. Like you just got uh, balance in all things. E, e, no, but I, I, you know, we've got multiple different restaurants, so like multiple different dishes. I, this dish tonight that we're making is a like sort of like a mix and match from a couple of different things. Like I've taken a of forbidden rice which is on a a bass dish from one of our restaurants and i was telling adam today usually you sort of finished with sake and um stuff we're going to finish it with a little bit of beer and then the goose confit comes from you know the our another restaurant which is a french bistro restaurant so i've sort of melded a couple dishes like tonight i mean the goose confit i mean i love i love fat so uh <laughs> most things fat i really like um so I, that's why i picked some um, and I also think with something like tonight, again, like that 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 big dish doesn't have to be so big tonight. And people will be like, "You're having beer and goose confit," and I and I hope that, you know, I hope we balance it out tonight. And then like
2: coordinating a dinner like this, I mean, you've done with Savor all over the country, but like he's these guys are coming from different states, showing up day of or the day before. Are they bringing like some secret ingredients with them, or are you ordering? these ingredients in ahead, head and they have to have prep time how does it work
3: uh i mean honestly we should we should put on the menu you know this dinner uh possible in part due to no one getting confiscated by the tsa <laughs> um it, no i mean you know it's uh that's all right
2: man it's a, it's a fun event you gotta you it, it
3: is a lot of fun but again you know um i you know these guys can speak to it but majority of us prep some stuff bring it out with us and then finish out on the on the day of
2: great and um, you know, just in terms of like these experiences, I've noticed if uh, you guys met Jensen Cummings, he's operating out of Colorado. Uh, I was lucky to be part of his tour in 2016. Saw what he was doing, like you know, the the fermented uh, ingredients, like a really extreme triple kimchi with, with, with beer pairings. Um, you want to say anything about him because I think he's doing cool stuff, and or anyone else that you you admire for what they're doing with beer and food
3: that's a loaded question yeah i mean definitely what jensen's doing but really uh i think for me the list is too long a name of people we've started to meet uh that are part of what we do with paired at the great american beer festival now uh what we do at savor where uh, there's just so many people that are bringing um really well-made quality beers into their beverage programs and having them there because they want to provide the experience for all their guests to walk in and that's increasing every year you know and it used to be you saw it in the in the common brewery heavy states of oregon california colorado but now it's really spreading all over you know we've got what mike we we should talk more about mike friedman since he's not here but we got you know we got mike down in dc doing what he's doing you know we've got gavin's and jackson hole steve's got stuff in colorado there's several other chefs in colorado that are doing that as well uh, you know Kevin Nations another guy in St. Louis who's got a couple restaurants who's just crushing things out right in the backyard of uh you know Budweiser Country and uh you know you've got um you know uh
2: Urban Chestnut Country
3: Urban that as Love well that beer. yeah Urban Chestnut yeah absolutely. Hey Steve tell
2: us one uh a dish that you have on your menu at one of your places that that stands out that you go is a go-to dish for
5: pairings or Wherever you want to feature. Um, yeah, I mean, we we always have... I mean, we, we kind of... I say you get back to the basics with a lot of our food, and um, I'd say our, our roast chicken that we do is... It'll always be on the menu. We change up the set with it time to time, depending on the season. But it's always a staple on the menu. And people come in and they want something that's a little more safe. Um, we play around with a couple other things, but we, you want to give them some options that they don't feel intimidated by. And I'd I love that, chicken. You know. I mean, I'm needing more too. chicken
2: than ever in New York. You got, you got momofuku's fuku fried chicken sandwiches. Uh, how do
5: you serve the roast chicken? Um, well, that so that we start out on the on the wood grill and then we finish it in the wood oven. Um, and it's just that, that skin gets super, super crispy. And then we just deglaze it with a chicken stock that we make from the bones and a little bit of butter, and it makes a nice glaze over the top. It's like those simple things is what I really kind of – that kind of gets me going. Because um, it's hard to find – Anyone that sits at our chef's counter, they'll say, hey, what, what entree should I get tonight? And I'm like, I'd get the chicken, honestly. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll have the short rib. And I'm like, okay, great. Or they'll say, yeah, sure, I'll have, you know, uh, the crab. And I'm like, yep, great, okay. So my suggestions don't always go to them. But once they get it, I think we always get great feedback on it. So I got the chicken yeah. when I went to your place. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. awesome. Well, this is pretty cool uh,
2: getting to talk about, to me, what I think is the most important part of hospitality, the food. Um, and plus we get to drink... Uh, couple great beers. Thanks so much for, uh, you know, organizing this interview, Adam, and um, you know, your book one more time. Just tell us quickly about your book, and everyone's going to say the names of their places.
3: <laughs> yeah, The the Beer Pantry. Uh, you know, really what it is, is it's it's cooking for beer, uh, not with beer, is kind of the, the line we've gotten with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we got a website up with it for thebeerpantry.com and uh you know book just went live on on uh tuesday march 13th was the published date so it's out there through amazon and they'll be coming across you know uh, a lot of a lot of places along there uh there's a special signing later
2: you go you got one right now Steve. good to tell us your full name and place that you you're working on and you guys are going to sign this book oh, for um, me sign, okay not yeah,
5: awesome. yeah, we can't sign it first. <laughs> that's, bad. Yeah, right. that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. This it. You guys sign for it tonight at the yeah. dinner.
2: I'm gonna get everybody to sign it for <laughs> me.
3: We'll He's got a nice
2: ask. book. He's got a nice pen He's too. He's got already. the sharpie ready. The ready. Yeah. yeah. So I Steve.
3: A sharpie mm-hmm. in the kitchen. You oh, come on! I'm
2: <laughs> in the dining room. <laughs> I can't even keep up with it's these guys.
4: Johnny.
5: Steve, your place. <laughs> Colorado, what's your full name and the place you, you run and all that? Stuff. Uh, so there's Oak at 14th in Boulder, Colorado, Acorn in Denver, and Brighter in Denver.
4: Great. And then Gavin, one more. Give us all your credits. Gavin's Fine, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, we got restaurant called Rond Bistro, Roadhouse Brewing Company, and uh, Roadhouse Pub and Eatery next to each other, The Kitchen, uh, Bin 22, Osteria, Enoteca. And, you really uh, got all those many places? Yes, sir. He's still got I'm still going, but yeah, it's all right. We'll flip. So for you, yeah. let's
2: finish this. So for you coming to New York, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I know you, you were at New York maybe for the James Beard dinner. Yes, sir. Not too long ago. Yep. Um, wh- what's the philosophy? I mean, you, people are traveling
4: to Wyoming. You're, you're trying to build brand. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think Jackson, um, you know we're not as lucky as Boulder and Denver with a, but you know New York now has direct New York has direct flights into Jackson Hole from Newark and JFK. You get everybody and, to sign and, it. I'm, I'm, that's your book, man. We were, I thought we, you know, it's he's, the, a, he's the offended. spirit of Adam's, Adam's sh- offended that he's get, sharing Steve with you. going to sign the, it. He's not. No, no, he, he does not want us to, to really sign not it. Not with a sharpie. You, sharp you got hey, You can't you use a sharpie. Only you the author's book. So I'm going to sign. can't keep up sign Friedman's name. So. I'm gonna, um, yeah, no, Jackson is, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, coming on the map as a destination, not just as a ski resort. Obviously, it's the Grand Tetons and it's gateway to Tetons and Yellowstone. So in the summertime, it's a huge, huge destination. And then places um, in so New York. Just, so you're here in yes, New York for a couple of days, places you're seeking out, or you're just going to go hang out and get a sausage you, somewhere? You know, I got in last night and uh, late and uh, dropped my stuff off and had a, beer with these guys and um, came here this morning and i got a 6 a.m flight tomorrow but uh steve's got us hooked up here we're gonna try to go out to dinner and try to hit a couple places before you know before they close down after our yeah where, tonight, where are you so. guys
5: going tonight steve uh we're gonna try to sneak into uncle boone's that's my uh kind of go-to but i don't know that could get a little tricky but we have uh momofuku sam rezo at 10 30 reserved so we'll see we'll, we'll see what what these guys feel like after plating. And any anywhere on your list, Adam,
2: that, that places you got to go when you come to New York City?
3: Um, you know, on on this trip because I've been in for a little bit longer, uh, I was able to go hit uh, hit up and say hi to Jared Sippel over to Talian, and then uh, I grabbed a, a spot at the bar at Hearth, uh, which is just a I mean solid restaurant that's been in the city for a long time. And then you know uh, that's some, my
2: go-to Hearth, sitting at the bar at Hearth on 12th Street East yeah. Village.
3: Yeah, Chef just, Marco Canora, just such an amazing place, uh, and you know, I think you know. After that, uh, you know, we're gonna try and get some some food in tonight, and then there's probably some pizza in after the food tonight, uh, and then yeah, we all we all jump on a plane tomorrow.
2: All right, well, guys, thanks for taking the time. I know you're doing prep; it's early, and uh, we started drinking beer. But uh, thanks for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, Dave is gonna clean this up for us, and we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right
5: thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter